Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast has been made possible by the funding from National Lottery Heritage Fund. Hey, 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 hello again and welcome to the next episode of the Earth Sea Love Podcast and this episode is a conversation with Naveen Kasim and when you're listening you'll find out that we've known each other in one way or another for the last 13 years and um Nareen is is probably one of the last good souls in this world. You know, kind and generous and can see no no bad in anyone and to have her her way of looking at the world um is a gift. So in this episode we talk about her work, um within culture and heritage and teaching and also about her Middle Eastern background. Naveen is from Syria and she's almost been in exile for the last maybe 13 or 15 years not being able to return home as her home has been destroyed. She still has family there who she's in touch with every day. Yeah, it's really difficult for Naveen in a lot of a lot of ways and and she won't talk about it but you know it's it's really difficult for somebody from outside of a culture to come in to a society and culture and to know how to operate to know the rules and that's what Naveen has done I look at her and I see how much she's thrived and grown but maybe Naveen offering that view 
generosity to other people but maybe not offering it to herself first and foremost so nature being within the natural world has definitely provided much solace and healing for Nini as you'll find out when you listen to this episode and before we get there I'd just like to say that I have lied to you I'm really sorry but in the last episode where it was me just chatting on I did mention that we had five episodes to drop before the end of the year well I lied well I was telling you the truth at the time but now that we've moved on a little bit I have to increase that little bit to seven so instead of five there's seven because this this past week I have just had the most <laughs> for that week say um interesting and inspiring um conversations with two women of color and it makes sense to bring out all the the episodes that we've recorded in 2020 in 2020 so that we can go into the break on a high (laughs) at the end of this year but then also you know we have a break and then we can come back next year 2021 um with some more juicy goodness and conversations and interviews and stories and it makes sense really so it just means that before the year is out you're gonna have some more yumminess extra extra helpings of yumminess coming your way before we say goodbye to 2020 (laughs) and yeah what a year what a year this episode comes to you as we're in our second lockdown here in England and I'd have to say I don't think my life has changed that much from when I wasn't when we were not in lockdown because I've just carried on living safely within my little bubble and connecting with people virtually and that is why this podcast has been so important to me during these troubling and uncertain times because this podcast has been a lifeline connecting me with other women that um, have similar you know connections with nature Um, but at the same time it's also made sure that we've kept up this connection with the natural world itself and not just with each other but with nature and always always after recording an issue or re-listening and editing an episode or then when it's released and then we're hearing it again it they always inspire me to get my shoes on and get out the door and it doesn't matter in what slump or rut or energy dip I find myself in listening to these conversations again and again inspire me and make me remember my relationship with nature helps me check in with myself and helps me to 
get back out there and just be. Be. Allow my body to open through the senses to the world around me and be so grateful to be in this body, in this world, in this time when so much is going to shit, but there's still beauty to be found. Anyway, enough from me. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet. Anyway, enjoy. Thanks for listening once again. Bye for now. But first of all, I, I always ask, how are you? How are you? How are you coping in the present situation with COVID-19? How are you doing? I think I'm doing good. You know, we're having uh, warmer, you know, and sunny days. It's summer already. Uh, so, you know, the sun is out early in the morning and uh, the sky is blue. And, you know, sometimes it's just you can, you know, have the music from the birds. So, yeah, and in terms of um, coping with the pandemic, I think it was quite difficult at the very beginning when the lockdown was still fresh, you know, like we weren't able to go out. <clears throat> kind of just for me, being cooped up in my tiny flat, not much to do. Um, but I tried actually to implement sort of a structure if you want you know mm-hmm. um i've been kind of uh, taking some french lessons you know <laughs> uh, to refresh my yeah skills in french and um, i devoted some time to visual journaling which i have l- learned uh, from you when uh, we were retreating in iceland and um i've been writing a little bit you know and also i've been teaching because I'm a part-time teacher as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a combination of different things just to keep myself busy and sane. Mm. But when, but when the um, restrictions were eased a little bit, sort of being going out a little bit more, venturing into the um, natural world, exploring things more, mm-hmm. reflecting on things, and, yeah, enjoying myself, yeah, in nature and, uh, yeah, having long walks, on the quayside, or even in, um, you know, like uh, in the park, for example. Because so I'm just picking up on that because you live in the city centre, don't you? Yes, that's right. So um, how's that living in the city centre? Do you get quiet? Is there noise? But then also, um, have you got plenty of green, urban green spaces to access while in the city yeah. centre? Yeah, that's a very interesting question in terms of living. I mean, I like it. It's interesting, have easy access to everything I want, like shopping, um, you know, train station is nearby because I commute to Durham uh, where I teach. Uh, so that's great, you know. Mm. And also I enjoy a little bit of noise as well because as a writer, uh, sometimes I like to hear noises, observe people, you know, um kind of um you know see lots of activities happening so that's very interesting for me as a writer however sometimes i feel i am a little bit deprived of the green space around me as a writer again because i like this kind of like you know inspiration from the natural world around me Mm. um plus the noise can be slightly you know distracting a little bit however in general um it's nice 
but I also um, try to go to the and explore the natural world myself, you know, because I need, you know, to kind of feed my soul and spirit and um, everything I watch as well, obviously, will feed into my writing. So, yes, uh, it's nice to be in city centre. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm missing out on something, uh, I just go. Yeah. explore it and yeah, try to get um... so you've mentioned about your work and it's in Durham and of course we will we're stressing at this point that you have been in lockdown you haven't been commuting in Durham most just this time it has moved online hasn't it it's become virtual yes. you're teaching so what is it that you teach and how did you get into this uh, well, at Durham University I teach Arabic studies that's Arabic language and culture and uh, yes, we've been doing it online for a while since the lockdown has started. Uh, well, in general, I'm very passionate about teaching because I feel it's a part of who I am. I feel, you know, when I teach, I feel I'm able to kind of instill knowledge uh, in students, which is not an easy job because I see teaching for me as um, like a kind of if you want seduction kind of like a job where i seduce the students to, you know to be able to take and absorb you know knowledge um uh, trying really to use different uh, techniques such as really i with my students they love stories uh-huh. you know when i talk to them about uh my culture where i come from about cultural heritage for mm-hmm. example in my country or in other parts of the middle east for example mm-hmm. about people communities or even maybe sometimes personal anecdotes and i feel that students are hooked to this kind of you know like um, stories but obviously i have to use the target language which is arabic just to seduce them again <laughs> to engage them <laughs> And in a way to get them to use the target language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, these are some some of the yeah like techniques. So um, so like I said, I'm really passionate about it. it's my culture, it's my language. I love you know to share it as well with others. Uh, so when the opportunity you know presented itself to teach I, at Durham, so I applied for a job and I um, and I got it. Uh, but I also um, work as a researcher myself where I explore lots of very ideas related to um, uh, different cultural aspects you know in the Middle East and uh, uh, I'm originally from Syria, uh, sweet Syria, uh, which has been uh, sadly been torn by war Mm. Uh, so yeah it's a very lovely country Uh, I still have a family there my mother and my sister still live there Mm -hmm. yeah so you do research yeah. around your own your own culture and heritage. Yes, yes, I do. I do research around this because yeah, I'm definitely interested in cultural uh, studies and interested uh, as well in people's ways of living, mm. interested in you know uh, their heritage, language, you know, and also their memories, how they preserve it, mm. you know. Uh, especially now we live in this digital world, so what happens? And I get students as well to reflect on that. What will happen, sorry, to our heritage, for example, a few years down the line? And how can we preserve that heritage as well? Mm. So, yes, mm. these are these are some of the ideas that I'm interested in. There's a number of things that I want to unpick there. I mean, first of all, how we met was <laughs> while we were researching for our 
PhDs at Newcastle mm-hmm. University. And so it'd be nice to talk about what your PhD was in or how does that mm-hmm. fit into you, your identity. And then also we had that project that we worked with, which was part of the mm-hmm. Newcastle University, but that was the heritage section the hidden histories thing so it would be good to Mm -hmm. you know just unpick a little bit your PhD um, and then also the creative research projects that Mm -hmm. you have been involved in yeah I think we've met many years ago now like uh, count of the years right okay I got my PhD 10 years ago we were celebrating 10 years because that I got my PhD but I we um, met while we I was still doing my PhD and you were yes. still doing your PhD. So what, we're yeah. looking at 12, 13 years maybe? Yeah. My gosh. Even more, I think, I know. I think I was having one of my, um, I think, annual assessments. And one of the panel members um, mentioned you said, oh, uh, we have a writer, a creative writer, actually, uh, who's a PhD student who's working on... Uh, black British writers and you are doing this PhD on um, you know, like in African American literature so perhaps you need you might need to talk meet and talk about your work etc so I think um, uh, yeah we had this introduction email um, from uh, the lecturer and I, I I think I remember you know like you uh, nicely responded and you know said okay let's arrange a meeting so and we met together and I was super excited because I think it was a very special moment for me for the very reason is that it was my first time to meet a writer (laughs) so I was super excited like somebody coming from the Middle East you know like I think it was my first year when I was a PhD student and then I was still finding my way actually in the system here Mm -hmm. trying to learn more about things trying to understand as well the topic that I was interested in so yeah, so that was very exciting to meet a writer for the first time and uh, get you to um, discuss things related to our projects. Yeah, I think you've given me some insights and you know uh, comments on my work. And my work, uh, doctoral research, was on the underexplored uh, representations of black masculinity. And actually, what um, drew me to this topic because I knew very little actually about. Um, the topic itself, let alone the fields of African-American literature. Yes, I'm interested in literature in general because that was my background uh, since I was in Syria. But we didn't study the history of, uh, uh, you know, um, African-Americans in depth. I was only introduced to um, the history through uh, Toni Morrison's beloved novel, which felt it was immediately hooked to the narrative, the poetic language, the images. Um, the pain oozes through the lines, but it still it was written, I felt, in a very uh, empowering way that makes you feel that, yes, there is hope. Uh, so the, the message was quite strong, and I felt that, yes, I'm very interested in this story of all marginalized people, people who are underrepresented, people who are still suffering perhaps, you know, from centuries ago. So I thought, well, I'm interested really to explore this, you know, area a little bit more and know more about uh, African-Americans, know about their sufferings, you know, their challenges and Mm. uh, understand the history more. This love of history, you brought to a special archive that um, Newcastle University 
has, doesn't it? That's now mm-hmm. become a memorial, an international memorial yes. for memory. So what yes. was that project? Because that was you um, probably taking the your skills that you'd applied to your these African American texts to actually apply to real life. Yes, yes, exactly. I've extended actually my interest in marginalized, you know, communities mm-hmm. and displaced communities. Um, actually, to apply to Middle Eastern communities. Uh, we've used the Gertrude Bell Archive, which is in Newcastle University. Through this archive, we've been able together to engage, actually, a community of uh, Iraqi Christians who reside in the northeast of England. Mm. And the purpose was that, actually, to, if you want, unearth hidden histories about mm. these communities, mm. about uh, their lives at that time, also to know more about, um, if you want, they su- their suffering, their challenges, uh, what happened, but also more importantly, to see how these communities actually read their past in the present. Uh, so that was very important to see how they would approach their history, you know, mm. and uh, what new memories would they make out of um, historical incidents. The archive is all about Gertrude Bell, her writings, her imagery, and that's mm-hmm. what we hooked in on. Not actually Gertrude Bell, but what was actually behind her in the frame yes. of this photo, and that would be the Middle Eastern community, mm-hmm. but then also the landscape. The landscape yes. that has been what might have been there or might have been discovered at this time because there was archaeology around it but then which is no longer there and I'm interested in the idea of the landscape what we were looking at was reading the landscape for for destruction for population for history and how that's changed now. We picked up lots of um, images from the archive uh, shared it with the community about lots of buildings, like I said, and landscapes which are no longer standing. They were all either bombed, you know, during war, for example, in the past, or perhaps when ISIS as well uh, attacked certain uh, areas in Iraq. So, yes, there were lots of actually memories and interesting um uh, you know, incidents, historical incidents that happened and that meant quite a lot to the community or the Iraqi community that we worked with in terms of their relationship actually to their, um, as well, if you want, land escape mm-hmm. and what it meant for them, uh, especially um, if it's, for example, like religious places, like some churches, for example, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe, you know, other places of worship or maybe even um, their own homes have been destroyed and bombed and uh, mm. lost, you know, uh, mm. during during the, the war or the several invasions mm. that Iraq went through. Just picking up on the idea of the memories of the community, I'd just like to talk to you about your memories because you, as we said, we've been we've known each other for nearly thirteen years or more, and you've mm-hmm. been you've been in the UK for that time and maybe a bit longer, and you haven't been back home to Syria in that time Mm -hmm. you must have left there as a young woman because you're still young yeah what can you remember of the landscape of Syria I mean were you brought up with a relationship with with nature with with the land around you I mean where did you live where were you brought up while you were in Syria well I was born in the city but I've always been drawn to the countryside and the landscape, as far as I remember. As I was a little child. Uh, I've always had this, if you want, um, strong connection with nature and the natural world. 
I've been lucky enough actually to have a family who love as well to be in nature and visit the landscape. We've made lots of trips and we've had lots of barbecues as a family out in nature. Uh, my city is on the coast, uh, so it's very interesting that, for example, you drive for half an hour and you will be on a beach, and mm. then you drive for another hour and then you will be um, in the mountains. So it's a, just like a variety of landscape there. Uh, however, what stands out to me is that all about childhood memories and, you know, with my family being just out there. But me as a little child always trying to escape the gathering and then go, you know, on my own just to explore, you know, the natural world around me. I feel mm. like I've approached everything around me, you know, like uh, with innocence, but also with the curiosity, you know, like perhaps looking at the ocean and, you know, just observe how the huge and giant, for example, waves will crash on the beach. Or maybe just uh, look at the birds while they are mating full. So these little things, or I might just go and dip my foot full in the uh, river and watch the little, you know, uh, fish just swimming around and kind of like wondering how are they going to escape, you know, <laughs> any movement I make. So it was all innocence, but it was like really lovely and still vivid memories, if you want, from childhood. I don't think I've tried really to kind of have any particular or attach any particular meaning mm -hmm. um, to what I was observing at that time. Like I said, it was just pure curiosity and innocence. But I think I would like to add as well, they were a little bit mixed with lots of philosophical and existential questions, if you know, related to origin of human beings, etc. Why do we have different shapes and color in nature? So, you know, all of that, you know, or even um, the amazing sunset with all its colors and uh, yeah, or even just looking at the sky up, observing, you know, the clouds gathering and making different shapes. All of that kind of, you know, attracted me since I was uh, since I was a child. Yeah, mm -hmm. back home in Syria. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Seems like, as you said, that innocence, but then also that curiosity uh, while in nature and sort of asking questions of different aspects of nature. You mentioned the fish and. So thinking about this, because you've got this opportunity at the moment, I mean, I say at the moment, but we are in lockdown still, of being a writer in residence in nature. Mm -hmm. Are you going to bring this questioning mind, this questioning identity to mm -hmm. this um, residency in nature? I mean, where is this and what do you hope to do once, once you're out there and free again? <laughs> yes. Yes, but also I think my relationship with uh, nature here, while uh, I'm in the UK, is a slightly different from back home, like I said, because there I was that child who was curious to know things and understand things. Here, I think the relationship is more deeper, if you want. It's more about understanding um, not only just the natural world around me, but also understanding my, um, if you want, emotional landscape. Because I feel I'm strongly connected to, to to nature because it's it's very similar to my inner world if you know what I mean. So uh, so I think yeah uh, through the residency I have at the moment, I would love to kind of work on establishing a stronger connection with nature, exploring it more, exploring my relationship with it a little bit you know more kind of like in depth. Try to see. 
uh, for example, when I reflect on things, what does that mean to me? And how does this translate, if you want, into feeling or different scenes I observe in nature? So um, are you saying there that you've got the, out, the external landscape, which is matched or mirrored the internal landscape? Yes. And the internal landscape actually is mirrored or can be found or explored mm -hmm. through the external landscape. Yes. That two-way yes, exactly. that, that two, two -way relationship, yeah. yeah. And through your writing, you're hoping that you be able to share this relationship with an audience? Mm -hmm. okay. It's nice to talk about this experience, what I experience in nature, share it with the others. Mm -hmm. uh, but also perhaps... Um, just talk about maybe little techniques maybe i do in nature when i'm out and about for example you know sometimes i don't really write anything i just reflect on things i just contemplate or maybe i just take pictures you know mm -hmm. so 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 sometimes i like only to share maybe an image rather than a narrative so so yes it might be a combination of media if you want what i intend maybe to share with the audience you know, you're saying about different media, and is that because when you're in nature, you actually interact with nature through your body, through the senses? Yes, exactly. It's just uh, through the senses, through the feelings, which are always in flux, you know, like, and usually you can't take them for granted because they are changing, constantly changing. Mm -hmm. So, yes, sometimes I might feel like I want to write about something, but then another time I might feel no, you know, like it. it a picture would own would, would be more than enough for example mm. so yes it just depends on how i'm feeling and maybe also how i am um, observing and seeing things as well mm -hmm. and how i'd like to interpret that mm. so yes uh, hence mm. the use of uh, mixed media you <laughs> do write about your experiences of nature you have these experiences mostly when you're in solitude by yourself mm -hmm. but have you had those opportunities to enjoy nature as a group with people that are similar to you? I mean, Syrian or Middle Eastern or black or brown people. Have you had those yes. experiences? Um, yeah, they are very important. It's very, very important. And it's very empowering to be in a community, you know, like people who are like you, similar to you. Um, um, yes, I've been on um, I've been on a retreat in Iceland with a group of women you know and that was organized by usury so where we have uh, retreated and explored you know uh, the natural world in Iceland that was quite amazing uh, but also I've been part of a project which was called wayfinding uh, again it, uh, it was coordinated by you and uh, the purpose of this was yes to explore the natural world you know as a group of um, people from black and ethnic uh, minorities so yes it was definitely so nourishing to be part of the community and be able to explore the natural world and also to kind of reflect and see um how others for example you know connect with the natural world and you know uh, and it was interesting as well to see that we sort of all kind of have this um common approach if you want to the natural world but we all have our own interpretations you know we all have our individual if you want connection with the natural world mm. um so yes um it, it's it's absolutely important to be part of a community to um, to explore talked about the forthcoming opportunities that you have to be a writer in residence in northumberland somewhere in mm -hmm. nature looking towards the future what 
what are you learning about this situation now in lockdown that you're going to take with you as insight into the future? I mean, what are you mm-hmm. hoping for the future? With all the honesty, I think the lockdown was quite tough, let's face it. However, I think I still believe it amazed me how uh, human beings have been very creative. <laughs> they have quickly, if you want, adapted to their digital world, like, you know, uh, people have been finding lots of ways really to um, maybe host meetings, deliver training courses, etc. So I'm a strong believer in humanity. Mm. So there is hope with the fact that this lockdown, I think, brought the best out of people, mm. kind of helped them to be more creative. And this is something that I would like to capitalize on uh, myself on a personal level, because uh, I feel this is something that motivates me actually to keep working on what I love to work. Yes, the lockdown sort of like, you know, created some challenges and barriers. However, I've been able to find ways to do the things that I love to do differently mm. and creatively. Mm. Uh, so moving forward, actually, perhaps I'm thinking of uh, writing um, a novel that I feel, you know, very happy and pleased about myself. Um, not sure what is it about exactly at the moment, because in this time of uncertainty, I feel my emotions and feelings and ideas are still um, uh, in chaos. However, I'm sure things will get clearer as we move forward. And uh, my hope for humanity as well is that, uh, yes, you continue being creative, but also I would like them as well to be considerate, you know, of our um, Mother Earth, Mm. and to take actually um, active uh, or be more active if you want and involved in protecting and preserving the natural world which is a precious heritage left for all of us Mm. uh, to preserve and look after I mean as you have noticed that during lockdown the wildlife actually was thriving more and uh, this is amazing you know to show that when we eliminate our or the human impact on the natural world, then the natural world thrives. So I really would hope that human beings would be, you know, active agents in preserving and protecting uh, our natural heritage. I love, I love your hope. I do, and I, and I mirror that hope definitely. I just want to zone in on this idea of writing a novel here. Mm-hmm. This yes. is news to my ears. And questions are, will the natural world feature in there? And will you actually explore how the natural world has helped your mental health as well? I mean, we talked about that internal landscape, but we haven't mm-hmm. named it. And how has the natural world um, supported you mentally through through yes. some rough, rough experiences? Mm-hmm. Well, the natural world has always been my refuge, right? You know, it's it's always like a, a, a solace for me when I'm going through lots of emotions, being it happiness, sadness, whatever. You know, I, I, I always, you know, just try to be there and, you know, kind of, um, yeah, connect with the natural world because it has, you know, nature has this, if you want, conversational language to it. Mm-hmm. It might not be verbal, but you can feel it when 
you walk maybe under a tree and then you feel it's like it's just inviting you, uh, telling you, okay, you can have a rest there for a while and then you can just carry on. Um, put your load here under, you know, the leaves, you know, for a while and then you can carry on walking, you know. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, interesting um, feeling you have there. One thing that helps me as well with being out in nature or taking my nature fix, if you want, is that I've developed a habit, which is as well as old as I can remember. Sometimes I resist writing my ideas on, you know, pages because I don't feel like doing it. So I end up doing it on tree leaves, which might sound silly because uh, I know probably um, um, the sky is pouring down some heavy rain on us. It means that it will wash away everything I have written on the leaves. But I keep doing it for the simple reason is that knowing that it, the ideas will go nowhere, but I still believe that it must go somewhere, you know, in this universe. Uh, especially if I'm writing letters to my loved friends and, you know, my family, or maybe just um, writing letters to the universe, you know, expressing different things. So I love to pick those leaves, you know, sometimes and then just, you know, scatter them in the river, you know, knowing that they will end up somewhere. So this is what I love to believe. I don't like to write actually my ideas or messages on maybe rocks or maybe anything solid because I know it will stay there forever. But I know um, things are constantly changing. My feelings and my ideas will always change. So that's why I just write them on, you know, tree leaves because I know even though these are permanent, but I know they must have like a greater impact, you know, um, either in the present or in the future, I don't know, but I just love doing it. <laughs> so uh, that's that's very therapeutic and healing for me as well. Nature helps me to shift the energy, whatever negative energy I'm having. Uh, if I'm having a bad day or maybe, you know, just feeling a little bit down, nature has always been, you know, my um, medication, if you want, has helped me to shift that energy. Mm, that's lovely. Thank you, Naveen the writing on the leaves and it's a gift because you've mm -hmm. also you also give them to people um mm -hmm. with messages on specific yes. messages for the individual because yes. i know that you gave each of us at the retreat in iceland a leaf with a message on and i mm -hmm. still have that in my iceland journal now oh, thank you because it was such a, a unique and personal gift that you mm -hmm. gave us um that it has to be cherished. So thank you for that gift then. And then mm, also pleasure. thank you for this gift now of talking to you. It's lovely to hear the hope um, that you have for the future and that you have this intimate co connection with nature that just keeps blossoming and growing. Thank, thank you. you Keep well. <laughs> thank you, you too.